This is your Friday Daily Delivery. I am Michael Rand. A lot of stuff going on, but we're going to change the format a little bit of the show today. Usually, have a little talk, have a little, you know, main thing we're talking about in the beginning, get to a bunch of different subjects. But today, we're going to lead off with a conversation I had earlier this week with Bud Grant. It is his 95th birthday today, the legendary Vikings head coach. Hall of Famer sat down with me over the phone uh, earlier this week for for a nice conversation about life, about football, about you know uh, days well spent. And this being his 95th birthday, I feel like Bud has earned the position to be at the front of the show, not in the middle of the back. So we are going to get to that right now. Very happy to have legendary Minnesota Vikings head coach Bud Grant on daily delivery today 95 years ago bud it uh it all started you were born may 20th 1927 superior wisconsin that means you on friday turned 95 years old how 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 does that feel how are you doing today well it's kind of interesting aging is a uh, an interesting progression and if, particularly if you live to be as you know, as long as I have, so you've gone through, you know, adolescence, and I went in the service, and had a job, had a family, got married, retired, and uh, grandchildren. I mean, that's a whole progression of time frames that you go through. And now I'm in the last phase of of that, you know, lifetime, and it's been enjoyable. I can't complain about anything, and I'm retired. I'm still cognitive so I can talk to you and I can, you know, interact with my children, grandchildren and great grandchildren. Yeah, so life has been wonderful. How many uh grandchildren and great grandchildren are we up to now? I imagine it's quite a few. Well, I've got uh uh thirteen uh grandchildren, 18 great-grandchildren. That's amazing. That's great. I have... Yeah. And they all live within maybe three miles from here. That's great. That's... Uh, yeah. they're, not, they're not living in California and Washington and Maine. Or, they're all right here. You managed to keep them, uh, managed to keep them close to home. Well, that's, uh, well, that's great. Well, that's a tribute to their, to their grandmother or my wife. You know, they all want to stay closer to their mother. So they brought their spouses here rather than going somewhere else. So that was a tribute to her. Could you have, I mean, you know, when you're growing up, could you even even imagine where life would take you? I imagine a birthday is kind of a time where you maybe, especially a milestone birthday like 95 is one where maybe you think a little bit about, you know, think back on everything you've done, everything you've accomplished, everything the world has shown you i mean can you could you have imagined everything you've you've done and seen at this point well it's kind of interesting that you mentioned that because my daughter was here this morning for quite a while we were talking about all the things that we possess today that we did not possess sure. you know when we were growing up and and you know i mean i got we got we we run out of time and lists of things that we have today that we we don't have just simple things like plastic and, you know, how did we ever do without all the gadgets that we got today and all the possessions that we have that we, you know, grew up without. And it's, it's, uh, it's, 
it's interesting to have lived this long to have seen all of that transpire and uh, and to, to go through all those phases and uh, well, you know there's some things I've never ever caught up to I haven't caught up to all the modern technology in these cell phones and and all the electronic uh, things that we have today. I'm just leaving me a little bit behind now. How did we live in a world without podcasts, bud? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how we did, but we did. <laughs> we did it. We survived. Well, you, you know, part of that journey was you became a head coach um, at age 29, I believe, is when you took that first job. Um, yeah. That, that's, a, that's, you know... We talk about coaches being pretty young these days when they get hired. That's a, that's extremely young. When you kind of think back on that, you know, trying to changing, you know, changing of the guard from being a player to then being a coach. How did that? How did that work for you? How did you? How to kind of adapt quickly to being in charge at such a young age? Well, it it um, it was kind of a surprise to me too because you know I'd gone from. You know, I played with Philadelphia, and I went to Winnipeg, and I was playing, and I was in the peak of my career as a player. And matter of fact, I was at an all-star game. In those days, they had a game called the Shriners, had a, a game after the season where they played the Eastern Canadians against the Western Canadian Football League, and we played a Shriners charity game. Okay. I was invited to play in the game, and... Um, I'd gone out there and uh, had a good game, scored a couple of touchdowns, and uh, you know, I was at the peak of my career. Well, just prior to my leaving, uh, or prior to the going to the game, let's put it that way, I got a phone call from the uh, secretary or the, one of the executives of secretary at Winnipeg and saying on your way back from Vancouver to Minneapolis, we'd like you to stop at the Viking or at the at, uh, uh, Blue Bomber office. Sure. I said, well, what's this about? Well, I can't say it right now, but if you <laughs> stop here, we'd like to talk to you about a couple of things. Well, my first thing, well, I've been traded, right. Or, you know, I've been cut or traded or whatever. I, I, I couldn't imagine what, what that would have been. But anyway, um, there's a couple of side stories here, one of which, which was on the airplane that I was, we, we flew to Vancouver on, there's half a dozen of us from Winnipeg played in the All-Star game, and we were scheduled to come back on the next night after the night game ever played that Saturday night. We weren't let, we weren't coming back till the next Sunday night. Well, it's been a long season. I was anxious to get home and and I looked at my ticket. I said, God, I gotta I gotta spend a whole day in Vancouver waiting for the evening flight. So I, as we were leaving the airplane, going through the airport, I went stopped at the ticket counter and I said to the lady, I said, can I get on an earlier flight? Is there an earlier flight? She said, yes, there's one at 7 in the morning. I said, well, can you put me on that flight after 7 in the morning from the, from the night before game? And she said, well, there's a flight, but it's full. And I said, well, no. And she said, yeah. I said, well, is there a wait list? Well, we can put you on it. But, and I said, well, right. here's, put, put all of us on it. And we're all anxious to get home, and here's my number, and that's where I'm staying. Yep. 
we went out, we went practice for three days, played this we're gonna play the game, and I'm walking out of my hotel room and uh the phone rings. We're gonna go down to get on the bus to go to the game. Air Canada, we can get you on that flight, early morning flight tomorrow morning. I said, Fine, put us all on. I, no, I said, do you have room for any more of us? She said, yes, we can accommodate your whole party. So put us all on. Okay. So I go back. I tell the guys on the bus, well, we're, we're scheduled. It's changed. We're going to leave at 7 in the morning. Everybody's happy about that. And we're going back to Winnipeg. Well, we play the game. And uh, next morning we get up and go, get on the bus. We're going to go to the airport. And one of the guys wasn't there, a guy named Cal Jones from Iowa, and I, you know, I said, and I, I called him up. I said, Cal, we're waiting on the bus for you. So I had got a headache, had too much beer last night. If you, I'll put me on that, leave, put me on that later flight and I'll catch that this evening. Okay. So we get on the flight and now I'm thinking, well, now what's going to happen when I get back to Winnipeg? Right. Go back and go back that night. And the next morning or that night, late that night, I get a call that the flight that we were on that night that we just prior mm-hmm. the, the game, they changed the date or changed the schedule. That plane took off, hit a mountain, and everybody got killed. Wow. <laughs> and Cal Jones, this friend of mine, who played for miles with him, he was on that airplane. Mm. And if I hadn't have picked up that phone just before I left that room to get on the bus, we wouldn't be talking today. So how? I mean, you know, I, I I I feel like I've heard that story before, but it's been a while. How, I mean, when something like that happens, how do you not? How often do you think about that? Well, I don't because there's so I've had so much uh, happiness and success sure. in my life that I don't think about those things that could have happened. But you know, not not that I get but not answer your original question and get back to one thing. <laughs> And they go in the morning, and they, of course, that's the main conversation. The plane hit the mountain, and they yeah. got killed. But their question to me was, they had fired Ali Sherman, the coach, while I was in Vancouver okay, playing the game. And now they wanted to know if I was interested in coaching. Well, first of all, it was a big relief. I wasn't, at least I wasn't released. <laughs> right. So I said, well... I said I hadn't thought. I'm peak of my career. Why would I want to coach? Well, they went through the details and offered me a two-year contract and blah blah blah. And finally, uh, I said, "Well, if I do come back, that's only for one year because I, if I don't like coaching, then I can still play." Well, that, that they, were, they were fine with that. So anyway, uh, I took uh, some soul searching whether I wanted to give up playing. Yeah. And go into coaching, and uh, eventually, you know, logically thought, well, I can't play forever, but I maybe can coach a little bit longer. So that's when I went home, talked to my wife, and and uh, got over the tragedy of the plane crash. And then a week later, then I signed with Winnipeg. That's amazing. Did you? I mean, something happening, you know, becoming a coach so suddenly like that. Did you have an idea of what kind of coach you wanted to be or did that just kind of evolve as you it was the farthest thing from my mind <laughs> i had to i had to I had to retool my mind into from a player 
and you know tomorrow and next year and a family and all to, to coaching, which meant that I had to move to Winnipeg. Sure, I was living in Minneapolis and playing up there for six months and okay. got back. But now I had a I had a family. Had to move my family from here to Winnipeg and live in Winnipeg year round. Well, I could do that probably because I was from this part of the country, up Midwest. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, years ago, you talk to somebody in Texas, you know, and you say you'd say Canada, and they'd say, "Which direction is that?" <laughs> right. But I at least knew something about you know the Midwest and Canada, and and I enjoyed the outdoors and the people and i'd been there for four years so i knew what i was getting into it wasn't when i just going to a new area i'd lived there so it all came together in about a week i decided that that was you know a time to take the next step if that's what i wanted to do which i did not know at that time that that's what i would want to do but it turned out it was uh you know a, a, so being in the right place at the right time or the wrong place, and they're both incidents, not being on the airplane yeah. and getting being in Winnipeg, it all came together in about a week. Take a playcation to Mystic Lake for 24-7 gaming, fun restaurants and bars, and luxurious hotel rooms. And join Club M to bask in the rewards. Follow the lights to Mystic Lake, where every day is play day. That's amazing. And eventually, of course, you had... Tons of success there. I believe you coached four Great Cup champions there. You get hired by the Vikings then, and you come here and you have all kinds of success as well. I mean, what you know, what was that transition like? Jumping from the CFL to the NFL, and you know, what well, I mean, it's a very broad question, but I mean, as you think back on your your Vikings coaching career, what what you know. What do you what do you think about the most? I imagine you know we all fixate on wins, losses, big games. What do you think of the most when you think about your coaching time here? Well, you know, uh, I had been in the National Football League. I played right. with Philadelphia for two years. I'd played in Canada for four years, so I had an experience in both you know areas and and both countries. In addition to that, I'd played two years of pro basketball, right. so I had another perspective. And I was a, uh, you know, a baseball player. I played, you know, a lot of town ball. So I had all the, you know, the so-called experiences in the athletic world to, you know, help me, you know, look find some direction. But um, it was a uh, not something that I'd set out to do, but <laughs> it, it just kind of evolved. And it turned out that I was at the right place at the right time. Right. Right. That means you think back, um, you know, do you have favorite players, favorite memories as you think about your time as a Vikings coach? Oh, too many. Too many. (laughs) I've written three books. Yes, I know that. I know that. uh, (laughs) Some of our sports, some of our family and, and, you know, and experiences. And I can only say that all my... Life's experiences, you know, whether we're talking about my adolescence or my, you know, my family and getting married and, you know, all, I've had nothing but good good experiences. And the secret, I mean, the, the point there is that if you've had a lifetime of good experiences, 
it sustains you in your later life because you have a lot to look back on and a lot to rely on. And, uh, you know, if you, if I haven't had any major traumas, I've had close calls like the right. airplane and other experiences like that. But other than that, all my, you know, my family has all turned out well. They've all been, you know, when we, when we first got married, it was, well, what were we, what, you know, we didn't have a long range plan, but, but, you know, it'd be great if we had a family and all the kids went to school and all this. Well, we had six children. They all graduated from college. No student debts. They all had great you know, families, so I got grandchildren. So all my life's experiences have been good, and I think that sustains you in you know later life probably. But it also, I think, health-wise, it helps also because mentally, uh, you know, my mind is not cluttered with a lot of you know catastrophes or disasters or you know bad experiences i've got all good experiences and that sustains you absolutely um now you were at i believe the introduction of the new vikings coach uh, kevin o'connell that was a little while ago maybe a month or two ago um at this point people have made comparisons i don't know if it's appearance wise or demeanor wise between a younger bud grant and uh the current head coach kevin o'connell do you do you see that? And what uh, what did you think when you met Kevin O'Connell? And what do you think of what you've seen so far? Well, that's uh, an interesting question because I met Kevin and uh, uh, we were talking. I had we had lunch at the office one day, just no, nothing official, just chatting. And and um, you know, it was interesting. He was we were comparing you know, our stages of a career. I'm 95, and they, what is he, 33 or whatever it is. Anyway, he's already made a number of stops. Sure. You know, he, he'd been at other places. He's He's had kids raised in, and born in other towns and everything. Uh, and so there's a great deal of difference now in terms of assistant coaches, for example, just as, a, as an example. When I came here, I had four, I, I got four assistants. <laughs> they got four assistants no, coaching four. the linebackers now. Yeah, and and I had four. Because I was allowed six, but I I saved one spot because Bernsey was at Green Bay and he couldn't uh-huh. get out of that till a year, so I saved a spot for him. And I had another um, spot open that I had. Um, um, Somebody else in mind, so I hired any you know, Jocko Nelson from Gustavus, who's a friend of mine. So anyway, the, the I had four assistants my first year. You know how many they got now? They got like thirty, don't they? Something like that. Well, between twenty and twenty-two or twenty-four. It's amazing. Directly assistant coaches. Yeah. That doesn't account for what they call. Uh, what do you call it? Administrative assistant. Yeah, quality control, is, whatever. Yeah, handles all your book work <laughs> right. and all your correspondence and your and you know things outside of on on the field stuff. So you got administrative assistants plus twenty four coaches. I mean, it's, so you ask the question: What's the difference? Well, <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot of difference. I. Uh, uh, and I, I was talking to Kevin, like, you know, well, 
how do you you know set up the where do you meet and what do you talk about? And, I mean, every coach there is not you know they got an assignment of some kind. And how do you share all that information and who makes the final decisions and all of that? So it's it's a little different, and you you can't. It's not fair to try to compare what it was like then and now. No, and that's not a. It's it's a different. It's a different ball game, and it's not the comparisons are not valid. The culture of collaboration. Did you do a lot of collaboration back back in your day, or did you? Uh, were you was your word final? Well, one of the things. That I when I came back from when I came down from Winnipeg, I said I I want him I want I mean, I mean Jim Finks was a very great a good friend and a general manager and and we had you know good help, but I said the final decisions will be mine. It will not be based on salary or personalities or you know whatever. I said all decisions personnel wise. Will be mine. You you decide how to sell the tickets, and you decide the salaries. But when it gets down to who, who, what, and that, that'll be my decisions. That was the only really uh, direction I had for them was, you know, I will make the decisions. We got scouts, you know, we had a couple of scouts, and but it, when it writes down to it, a committee of one, I found out was a lot more efficient than the committee of twenty. <laughs> You're probably right about that. Well, it worked uh, to great effect, obviously, um, getting to four Super Bowls. Bud, enjoying this chat, I want to ask you a couple more things, then I'll let you uh, let you get on with... Hey, I'm retired. i got all the time in the You world. do. You're right. You've told me that. That's right. You, uh, you, you don't, you've got... Well, I was going to ask you, what, you know, aside from talking to me on this podcast, and obviously he's probably spending time with your children, grandchildren, great-grandchildren. What, what keeps you busy these days? What, do you, what, what does Bud Grant like to do on a, on a typical day? Well, uh, being retired, I have, uh, as I mentioned, they're all, all my kids have had great you know, uh, educations and made great decisions on their mates and produced kids and grandchildren, great-grandchildren, and they're all right here. So that occupies not my time, but at least my interests. Sure. And I have a place in Wisconsin. I I called. I run a family resort. Okay. They come and go, you know, on schedules that I have. And uh, when I say that, I that's facetious because <laughs> I don't do anything. They do all the work and the cooking and the you know the boats and the docks and the fishing and all that. Uh, but I, I'm the I'm the manager of okay. that family resort kind of a deal. So you ask the question, what do I do to keep busy? Make sure there's plenty of groceries, you know, and plenty of minnows and worms, and the fishing lines are all strung up. That's my major concern. You get out there still and uh, throw the line in the water and get out uh, get out in the field still and and hunt or are you still uh... oh all the time? Good. I mean that's you ask what I do. That's what I do. I, know. I mean. I mean, my mobility isn't what it used to be. At 95, I can't wade through streams and climb mountains and, and do all that kind of stuff. But I, I can still, you know, I can drive a car and get out there and I can go. And and, and there's a difference between, and there's kind of a missed term because you say hunting. Mm-hmm. Hunting kind of means you seek. 
sure. to go and look. But there's another side to hunting. You hunt things, and they come to me. For example, I can put out some decoys, and the ducks come to me, Yes. and I shoot at them. Or I can call a turkey, and the turkey comes to me. Or I go through and sit in a deer blind, and the deer come to me. Now, is that hunting? I don't know. You know? It, I think it is. It still is. It's it's work work smarter, not well, harder. Know, work the, smarter, not harder. The word is deceiving because yes. hunting does not mean hunting. Certain men seeking, and I'm sure I'm not sure if I'm sitting in a duck blind, and the ducks come to me. That I'm hunting <laughs> them. Maybe they're hunting me. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe they got plans for you. Well, but in answer to your question, I get out and do a lot. Not yeah. a lot. Not as much as I used to. But I got. I was like, for two years ago, I was with my grandson. He shot his first deer. Nice. 13 years old. Well, I got a more a bigger kick out of that than if I'd have shot the deer. Sure. So I, I, that, that parlays itself into, you know, boys and girls. That, you know, the pageants and the other things. Now, I'm not a, what you would call a, um, uh, I mean, I don't live vicariously through my kids or my grandkids. Yeah, they got they can seek their own level and all that. I don't go to all the little league games. There are too many and too many to go on. But I follow them. I know what they're doing. I talk to them all the time. So that occupies a lot of my time. I'm sure it does. Um, any special thing you're doing for your birthday, or any special, um, you know, any. Any wishes for this next trip around the sun to get to 96? Anything you want to do this year? <laughs> well, uh, like the same old, same old. Yeah. Uh, you know, what, what, what I've been doing, it apparently uh, it works, and, and having a, uh, a family around you, I think, is sustaining. Um and if you've got good memories, you can entertain yourself. In other words, yeah. I can sit here and you can say, well, what about this or that or the other? Well, I maybe can go back. And my memory is not as good as it once was, but I can remember a lot of things and a lot of games and a lot of incidents that happened in my life that are entertaining. I can replay them and we can either just through my mind or through company and, and uh, you know, get by that way, but on the other side of that is when what I learned in the coaching is you got to have a short memory. Right. In other in other words, you can't go and lose a game and then be despondent over a period of time. You got to get over it. Have a short memory. Go on. Or the same applies if you win. You got to have a short memory because you can't think. Well, now you got to figure it out. Now I must come kind of a genius because that you'll be that game will be replaced or that experience by something else next week, next month, next year. So a short memory is very important that you don't think you're as good better than you are or as bad as you are. Well, Bud, sounds like it's been working for you for 95 years almost and counting. So happy birthday and uh, thank you so much for all the time you've given me today, all the wisdom you've given to the listeners, and uh, in, enjoy uh, enjoy the special day and enjoy uh, enjoy everything this life has brought to you. That's a busy couple of days because you know every year that's kind of a they surprise me with something on on a birthday week, and 
So I'm sure it's going to be an, an, an enjoyable time, and I'm very lucky and fortunate and thankful. And thanks for your call. You bet. Take care, bud. Appreciate it. You bet. Bye-bye. I hope you enjoyed that conversation as much as I enjoyed having it with Bud Grant. Just a wonderful perspectives on life, on, you know, just the chances we take, the chances we have, you know, how his life basically changed completely in that one week span where could have died. He easily could have died if he had gotten on that airplane instead of changing his flight. And then, you know, a week or two later, takes the job to be the head coach, even though he's in the middle of his playing career and, you know, has great success at that and ends up being a Vikings head coach and then a Hall of Famer. That changed the trajectory of his life. You never know when those moments are going to come. You never know what that is going to lead to in your life. But that is some good message from Bud Grant, along with several other things. So, again, happy birthday to Bud and uh, many, many more. Now, I asked Bud about uh, Kevin O'Connell, the Vikings head coach, the new head coach, and he was there for the introduction of the new coach. Vikings just wrapped up minicamp here. You find a lot more coverage of that on StarTribune.com and on the Access Vikings podcast. Did one of those earlier this week. I believe that went live on Thursday, so go give that a listen as well. Got to get to the links here quick. They lost to Las Vegas, but a good showing. Again, Ariel Powers had her best game of the season, which is a big deal for them 25 points she asked michael jordan for advice that's a good person to ask for advice so even though the Lynx lose that game fall to one and five they look much better the last two three games as opposed to the first three games of the season just a real tough slate at the beginning of the season once that eases up a little bit they should be in much better shape so we'll see how that plays out as the year goes along let's finish with the cooler, speaking of coaching, like we spent so much time with Bud Grant, I don't know if Bud would ever get into a feud of the epic proportions as Jimbo Fisher and Nick Saban. That has been an amazing story. Saban accusing Texas A&M of buying all their players essentially through these uh, you know, name, image, and likeness deals. And uh, Jimbo Fisher firing back, head coach of Texas A&M, firing back at an impromptu news conference on Thursday to 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 fight back against Nick Saban he had some amazing quotes said it's despicable that a reputable head coach can come out and say this when he doesn't get his way or things don't go his way the narcissist in him doesn't allow those things to happen it's ridiculous when he's not on top a little later on got a little cryptic uh he said some people think they're God go dig into how God did his deal you may find out about a guy a lot of things you don't want to know we build him up to be this czar of football. Go dig into his past or anybody who's ever coached with him. You can find out anything you want to find out what he does and how he does it. There's a reason I ain't went back and worked for him with opportunities. I don't want to be associated with him. Well, SEC will have its uh, meetings in a couple weeks. The coaches will cross paths. Fisher actually said that Saban tried to call him. He did not take his call. Uh, this is amazing. This is going to be quite the uh, quite the escalation of this rivalry as we uh, as we consider this. So that is something to consider as this college season only heats up. That will do it for today and the week. Hope you enjoyed everything on the podcast this week. Give me a shout at Randball on Twitter. Send me an email. Love to hear your thoughts on today's Bud Grant interview and anything else that's on your mind. Thanks for joining me today. We'll see you again on Monday.